Hey, it's Melvin, one of your friendly neighborhood podcast hosts. Whether it's your first time tuning in or you're a longtime listener, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever. Reviews are the lifeblood of the podcast world, so if you want to help us out, it'll take only a moment of your time. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. So I think it's next to impossible to talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. So in lieu of having a full-on spoiler-free section, um, is it okay if I just ask you three questions? Sure. What are these three? I guess this is like the non-spoiler section. This is the non-spoiler section. Cause okay. Not, first off, this is a movie where everyone who hasn't seen it is on full alert for spoilers. Uh, so they're either they're going to be the type of person who's avoiding them so they won't listen to this episode anyway, or they've already seen all of them and they're just you know clicking around. So uh, to just cut to the chase, three questions. First off, did you like the movie? Yes. Yeah, it's my favorite of the three of the home trilogy. Okay, which that actually leads to my second question, which where does this rank among all live action Spider-Man movies for you? Uh, hmm. Okay, so... Starting from number one, two, one, three, maybe, maybe No Way Home, Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, I, I, you know, I have interesting thoughts on Homecoming and Far From Home right now, um, mm-hmm. and uh, so, and I, and I don't, I don't know where I, I definitely have Amazing Spider-Man 1 on the bottom. I do. I, that movie's very boring. Um, <laughs> interesting, interesting. But I think I think uh, you could interchange Far From Home and Homecoming around there. Doing having watched all all of these in like the span of a month, I uh, didn't do Spider Verse. Didn't tune into my homeboy Drake Bell's multiple Spider Man shows or anything like that. Oh yeah, that's right, um, yeah, which I might start soon. But I got to finish Daredevil and I got to finish all the Netflix first now. Thank you, Marvel. Um, but that is a Band-Aid I'm enjoying ripping off. Uh, what a what a metaphor. But uh, well, having watched all these and then knowing how when we've talked about the other movies, how like some perspective on the Tom Holland ones are, man, he doesn't really feel like Spider-Man because he's just baby Stark or he's just in another country. Uh, that really was getting to me watching Homecoming and Far From Home. And so I actually both gave those six out of tens on Letterboxd. Oh. And so that's not bad, of course, If um, but it's not high. Because I know if, be, if we go by the uh, IGN score of rating, if you get seven or less, you failed. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I score is if you get four or less, it's a bad movie. If you get five, I think it's inoffensive, but I didn't particularly like it. Six is bearable. So, uh, but No Way Home, I would definitely say is maybe just under or just over amazing spider-man 2 for me which i know is criminal for some people to hear but yeah i tell i told you dan this before the recording but i almost just want to rewatch the third act of no way home not acts one or two which we'll of course expand on later uh but what's your third question uh would you recommend this movie people watch this movie and then a qualifying like uh indented question underneath that one uh, do, is this an unqualified recommendation or do you think people should do some homework first and watch other Spider-Man movies? Huge homework prepare? movie. This is a homework movie. I okay. I think this is a homework movie just because a lot of what makes it work is 
So I said to Kat how this was a really perfect balance between an actual narrative and constant fan service. And it's fan service I actually thought was effective. Like it worked for me. I was, I cheered. I, I didn't like, I don't think I clapped, but like <laughs> uh, I clapped, I clapped when they landed the plane. But um, no, I, I know I was, I was engaged with everyone else. I was not as engaged as the guy sitting next to me who, <laughs> what was it? There was one particular Oh, so there's a scene in the film where, uh, so in the first two home movies, uh, there's a news crew for, or a news, um, program on, on the, at the school, Middletown High or whatever it's called. And the one girl says something like, haha, go get him, tiger to Peter Parker. And the guy next to me goes, no effing way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and he did that so many times throughout the movie. <laughs> like, I can't even uh, tell you. The, yeah, the little the little girl from the nice guys. Uh, yeah. Is yes. Betty, Betty Brandt, <laughs> who he does date in the comics. I don't know if that's going to happen because um, I, it doesn't seem that way. But yeah. But yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, of all the but, things in this movie, that was a weird thing to react to. <laughs> um, it was so funny how many times it happened. Um, but it was a. Uh, <laughs> and it was at really silly times too, where it was like the very smallest of mentions. I don't know. And like that was like a really dumb one. But uh he all I can say is he was very happy with the movie. <laughs> oh good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad I'm glad they enjoy themselves. But if that's it what is. it takes to enjoy the movie, then you need some homework for this one. Because there are <laughs> scenes that I really liked, but it definitely required having just seen the other movies or at least having a good memory of the other ones. And so Okay. Um yeah, this is a one of the biggest homework movies I think <laughs> out, and that's with Endgame in the same franchise. <laughs> so yeah, which yeah. says something. But okay, good. I I am similarly. I also I really like the movie. I I do highly recommend it, but I also do think that your enjoyment is going to vary not just on how familiar you are with the material that they're drawing from very heavily, uh, but also how invested you are. Because someone who, as I mentioned before, I spider-man the spider-man movies are the nostalgia movies for me as far as things that i grew up with and have a strong affinity for so that definitely affected my enjoyment of them uh and for me this ranks pretty high among spider-man films i think i do think that raimi spider-man 2 still reigns supreme yeah uh, but this one it's up there it's I mean, good um my yeah. initial reaction is definitely very strong as these how these things are but I definitely like it more than both of the amazing movies. And I, this is definitely my favorite of the Holland ones. And yeah, I, I probably like it more than Spider-Man three. So it's definitely up there. Uh, but it's probably, uh, Hmm. It's like, if you were trying to hear someone talk over a really let in a loud room, you can still kind of know what they're saying. That's Spider-Man three. This one's, <laughs> this one's quiet. Like you're in a quieter area and you can hear a lot more of what's said. But sometimes when you're, even though you're in a loud room or like a convention hall, what that person's saying might actually be really great, which is what Spider-Man 3 is <laughs> for me. Where like when it gets through, you're like, ah, yes, <laughs> like that was so good. Um, whereas No Way Home, I feel like has a little less to say. And I don't mean that in like philosophy, in a philosoph philosophical way. I mean, just in terms of uh, general talent as filmmaking is concerned. Um, but yeah, this one's definitely, yeah, I could see this being more uh, on my list a little higher if I did another binge of these, but you're saying it's definitely, well, obviously it's higher than Amazing Spider-Man ones, but <laughs> definitely like in in the uh, same brackets as the uh, Raimi Spider-Mans. Yeah, and, um, but again, like that, what's going to be interesting when we get into spoiler territory is the reasons why it's like a weird thing or it's like, is it fair to rank it higher than movies that it's, 
part of what makes it so strong is because it's drawn so heavily from them. It's just, it's it's the interesting thing where we get into this like really entangled web. Uh, pardon the web uh, pun as far Bazinga. as uh, <laughs> buzzing <laughs> every time uh, Zimbabwe um, Zimbabwe monorail. <laughs> Uh, where it's like, okay, yeah, it is a new movie. Uh, but before we get into spoiler territory, this movie is effectively also kind of a sequel to like seven other movies. So, okay, you know, but yeah, the, com- overall, the like amount the- of complications in this movie. That's why, <laughs> like, I've never seen a movie that requires more background knowledge in fact the the movie that just came to my mind was the house that jack built because that movie is balanced <laughs> on the rest of lars von Trier's filmography <laughs> but like um or what is what is it the new um uh movie by the guy who did eternal sunshine apparently that one requires so much homework to understand oh, really the netflix one are you talking about um i'm thinking about ending things Apparently, oh, yeah, to yeah. really enjoy certain parts of it requires a ton of homework. So, uh, make a letterbox list, <laughs> homework movies, and no way I home just is bought between the book to, <laughs> between the two of those. I just bought the book that, that because I haven't watched it yet because I want to read the book first. Yeah. So if I read the book, is that enough homework? <laughs> like, do I need to? I think it's because he just references a ton of literature and oh, okay, a ton of okay. other things that, like, if you want to understand more about the movie, you need those. But yeah, this game or this game, this movie, uh, it which actually part act one is very much like a video game um but the um this movie is like it's unbelievable how much you you kind of need to know like i can't imagine like parents going all right kids let's take you out we'll go see a movie and the kids have seen all of it but the parents are like oh. just like, <laughs> like he just turned into skeletons <laughs> uh yeah uh, so with all that said okay well it's a we both liked it we both recommend it obviously uh, most people who listen to this will not be surprised to hear that you're going to need to watch other Spider-Man movies to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but literally, you need to watch, at minimum, have a working understanding or familiarity with the... You know what? Just just watch all of the Raimi Spider-Man movies and then watch the web Spider-Man movies. They're all streaming somewhere. It's So you just just do it. And uh, all right, cue the music. Time for the spoiler section. But, um, but someday I'll get music. Uh, well, okay. Tell us about the movie. What, what's this? Um, what right. is this movie I am, about? I am of? so ready <laughs> to give <laughs> a rundown of the movie with light spoilers before we then just go through this thing. Because uh, man, oh man, there's so much to talk about. Uh, so Spider-Man <laughs> created by Stanley Even the tra- okay. Even the trailer even <laughs> spoils stuff. Like I, which I they didn't want to do. So I barely even saw some of the. I, I, yeah, I saw that initial trailer which had less information than the newer trailer, but the new trailer didn't have all of the information, but it had like significant plot points in the trailer. So I was so happy. I didn't see that because even in the movie, like there's just stuff with Dr. Strange in it that like is character tension that like the, yeah. the trailer just tells you about. And that's like 60 minutes of this <laughs> two and a half hour movie. I could not imagine have seen any of these trailers and seen this movie. Before we get into before again before again uh, introduction plot rundown. Uh, for the record, as far as I can tell and what I've read, Marvel's initial plan, Disney's initial plan, was to market the film as a movie where it's Spider-Man almost versus Doctor Strange, where that's the tension of the movie. And they had no plans to mention that there are previous villains. There's no plans to really dig in, maybe hint at the multiverse. Could you imagine how cool that would have been? I know. I just. Yeah, imagine the joy that you're just in the movie and then suddenly you just see those tentacles and suddenly it's Alfred Molina and he says, hi, Peter. Like that would have like killed and like 
talk about clapping and cheering that happens. And then the movies keep escalating from there. Like the audience would have lost their minds. People would be having to take out stretchers because they're having cardiac events, you know, but that was it. But then like, in the first thing that happens is Jamie Foxx posts an Instagram fan art of the three Spider-Men facing Electro saying, tell Spidey, we're going to run it back. Hashtag chasing spiders. So from the from the word go, the actors they hired were apparently not on the same wavelength because Alfred Molina just mentions it in it in an interview. He's in the movie. William Defoe mentioned that he's in the new Spider-Man movie. So just like there's just a complete breakdown, not to mention the copious leaks, all of which came through. Uh, I officially have found a leaker that I can trust all the time now. But uh, so this whole thing was just a mess from that point. Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Wait, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S. and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted, I thought this was like a hobby thing. You want me to... expand cinematic doctrine. You know this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, cinematic doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention you get to tell us what to do? That's right. Each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run. So, I'll see you guys later. This movie picks up right right at the end of Far From Home, where Mysterio has leaked a video. Great setup. Yeah. Great setup. Great setup and great opening scene where we see that Peter Parker has been revealed to be Spider-Man. And so he, the initial 30 minutes of the movie, the first movie that it's in this movie is Peter Parker trying just a life where everyone knows that he's Spider-Man. And there's actually like, I really enjoy this early part of the movie, which is just like, what would happen if people knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man? So you see it's him. It's like a getting, nightmare. It's a and horrible it's really, nightmare. It's really well shot too. I really, yeah. this movie visually there's a, there's, looks there's like a handheld tracking shot scene in the living room. You yep. know, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. So you see that like, the tension with his family where everyone's getting involved. Uh, and then he gets sued. And unfortunately, they have a, a good lawyer that they can call. Uh, hmm, I wonder the, which lawyer that was. <laughs> which it uh, was one of the first really big, exciting moments. So, like both times I saw it in theaters, everyone that actually, like, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh yes, we'll, we'll talk like... about it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, uh, but then, infor- so he goes to see Doctor Strange to get a spell that can erase people's memory of him being Spider-Man. Unfortunately, the nature of the spell means that it will literally erase everyone's memory of him being Spider-Man. And so he's like, wait, I don't want you know mj's memory erased i don't want ned's i don't want um you know Aunt may and so because he keeps trying to change the spell it the spell doesn't work and at first it just seems like it was a flub spell but then it realized that what the spell actually does is bring in people from other multi universes who know that peter parker is spider-man which wouldn't you know it it's all of the villains of previous spider-man films minus like one here or there 
but there is at least one villain representing every previous Spider-Man movie. So you have the lizard, you have Electro, Doc Ock, the Sandman, and the Green Goblin. And so, uh, however, after capturing them, Peter realizes that these men are fated to die. And in one of the first really great moments of characterization for Spider-Man in the MCU, he decides that what he wants to do is save the villains as yep. a, and try and help change them as opposed to sending them back to die, which leads into some further hijinks in the last third of the movie that we'll talk about when we get there. But yeah, that is, I know I already asked you how you feel about the movie, but just getting into it. Um, first off, I'm just gonna say it. How awesome was it to see Charlie Cox back as Matt Murdock? Uh, that was the first thing in the movie that yep. really absolutely blew me yep. away. I freaked out. Uh, don't worry. We're not just going to go through the greatest hits of the movie, but like, how did you catch that? Uh, I'm just a, uh good lawyer it's a really good lawyer you know, <laughs> yep so first you see his cane and then it pans mm-hmm. and it's gosh darn it's charlie cox wearing the glasses again uh my audience freaked out uh, yeah my friend jenny i saw it with was ecstatic and uh man it's just so good to see him again for me because you're watching the show now uh for me it's been a while i watched every single daredevil season as it came out and i've been it's my favorite thing in the mcu so uh, just like season one is the best single season of, of, of TV in the MCU, but overall Daredevil's great. But uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Anyway, it was awesome. Uh, so the first part of the movie where it's just him being a kid, but people know he's Spider-Man. I thought this stuff was actually really, really strong. I really, really liked it. Um, what did you think about this early? Just I just wish chaos. there was another movie. I, I actually <laughs> like this. I, I thought to myself, I was like, I wish there was at least one more movie before Mysterio or one more movie between mm-hmm. these movies where there's just like, I know his contract. Technically, this is over the contract because he did five appearances already. They're already developing the on the Spider-Man project, Marvel and Sony. So there you go. So oh, Marvel and Sony together. Yep. They've already announced they're working together again. That's not going to be a separation again. Okay. That's really interesting, <laughs> um, which I guess we'll get into post-discussion after this because there's a lot to talk about with Morbius, which looks looks just awful. Um, <laughs> Morbius looks just terrible. Well, not, to, not to get ahead of things, but this movie already has made $600 million worldwide. Holy crap. Holy yeah. crap. That's like, is that the most in a weekend? It's, so it's, it's, around, it's hovering around the amount Infinity War made opening weekend already. How much did Endgame make opening weekend? Was that the billion? Um, more that was than a billion. that. It made over it a billion, billion opening weekend. So it is not going to top that. But the fact that it did that during Omicron, where some theaters have already shut down, is insane. So yeah. Yeah, of course, we're like, all right, let's make another one. Unicron can't <laughs> stop it. <Yeah. laughs> he may be a planet eater, but he can't stop it. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, go, go, go on. Um, yeah, I um, yeah, I do wish there was another uh, movie. I, I just like, I, man, those other two movies are so unfulfilling in in such a way that like whenever i think of them i'm like they're so i don't know there's like oh man i <laughs> it's just like it makes me feel so unhappy <laughs> the, those other ones for some reason i don't know why but i do know why it's because i like new york spider-man and i just like spider-man as a character and those ones just don't feel like spider-man they just feel like uh, spider avenger and um yeah, there's just something about them. I think the villains are probably more accurate to the villains than they are to the characters, uh, mm. to the to, to Spider-Man himself. And this is as somebody who doesn't read a lot of Spider-Man. I read some Ultimate Spider-Man growing up, and I watched the Ultimate Spider-Man show. But yeah, just I just wish there was one more because, like, I like that this movie took itself a lot more seriously. Yeah, yeah I like that the characters felt more realized. I felt. Like, like poor Zendaya has played three different MJs across these movies. <laughs> and so that's like, she got the Black Widow treatment. And so like, there's just something weird. 
about it that I just, yeah, I wish there was at least one more. Um, Cause this movie has the interstellar problem where each act is a different film. And <laughs> if you don't like one particular part, not as much as the others, then it's difficult, which is why for me, like I just want to watch the third act again. And I kind of just wish that was the whole movie um, or more of a movie. Cause that was some stuff I really, really, really liked and could totally be a, its own movie. But I mean, who knows? Post <laughs> post this movie, we well, have no idea what's we next. We can get to, at the when you get to the end, whenever we get to the end of this episode, which is probably going to be there's going to be so much. We might as well uh, do a second episode, but, but like because like uh, there's already leaving, rumors and rumblings about where things are going. So. Leaving the theater, my wife and I were talking, and I was like, I I can't even. I I have no idea what's next. Um, <laughs> and it's the first time where like there's literally like so much interesting stuff going on. I have no idea who will be in what movie and to what capacity <laughs> it's it's exciting um it's nice it's nice to feel happy again <laughs> well, this is this is my life um this is my life now i say with a tear in my eye um thank you jesus for putting me in the world <laughs> at this time <laughs> yeah born too but, late to explore the world i mean born to born yeah. too early to explore space but born just in time to witness it's a, it's a, this multiverse open in the MCU. I mean, the fact that um, Multiverse of Madness is um, the the grand duo of Raimi and Elfman again is like, what's what's happened next yes, after the that? The team like, that gave us the great, the Oz great and powerful finally back together again. Oh yeah, oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what if an Oz great and powerful just Spider Man showed up? <laughs> just be like, ah, this this is why this movie is made. It's Spider Man yeah. Four. <laughs> <laughs> it was an illusion John the whole Malkovich Vulture shows up to fight him it's just Spider-Man 4 <laughs> like he intended yeah yeah man alive but yeah I, I yeah I I I wish there was another one and that's funny to say as someone who's like those other two I was not totally satisfied with because they're competent films and they have the things I like about them I think Homecoming is better than you're giving her credit for but yeah I like Homecoming's I in when when you find out Vulture is a dad <laughs> when you yes. when that scene happens it's one of the best scenes in marvel in general because it's such you never could guess it um yeah. and uh it's also makes me think of arrested development because her his husband uh her his wife uh is in arrested development uh, season four yeah. um but anyways um but i don't i don't know it just doesn't vibe as well and then far from home gyllenhaal's great so like the villains are all really good but there's just stuff that doesn't work quite right. All that to say is, um, I just wanted to, I wish I was, there was another movie. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, this early stuff is to me, it's some of the best like Spider-Man doing like this movie, like overall, one thing you can go again is they finally have Spider-Man do Spider-Man stuff. Like the stuff that I want to see Spider-Man do yes. Spider-Man getting hated by the city. That's Spider-Man Spider-Man struggling to like balance the life he wants to have and the life he feels obligated to have a Spider-Man great stuff. And then, you have some of the better Marvel humor stuff in this. Like I love where the teachers are split on whether or not they like Spider-Man or Hannibal yeah, Burris is back. Hannibal Burris is awesome. <laughs> Spider-Man. It's great. But then like Martin Starr and um, JB Smoove love Spider-Man. Um, that stuff's great. I love the stuff where, and yeah. And then the, everyone gets interrogated and then Matt Murdock shows up and he gets to 
someone throws a brick through the window to hit Spider-Man and Matt Murdock without even looking. Well, it means blind. Just like holds up his hand and catches it. And it <laughs> the, just the brick everyone. was on fire. It's okay. He saw yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> just like the whole world is and that stuff is great and there's all i mean there's some like i've never found ned to be particularly funny though i like the character i just don't yeah think he's i funny. like that character i i think the guy in the chair stuff is cheer, uh, charming so i really enjoyed that um <laughs> and i actually enjoyed a bit more of that i enjoyed his character a bit more this rewatch um there were things i enjoyed more and things that i found more frustrating with the holland films um but ned no. definitely came out better for me Good. Yeah. Like, yeah, him as a character, I enjoy. I think, I think the jokes they write for him. I hope we get to see more magic, Ned. That's actually pretty controversial. Some people don't like that, but it's definitely, it's plot armor because the plot needed somebody to be magical. <laughs> well, while Dr. Yeah. Street's with gone. all this stuff going on, <laughs> you need to find a reason why these two normal kids would just be running around while all this madness is happening. It's like, right, whatever. You There's a lot of, whatever. that's the fan service stuff. Not Ned having magic powers, but we needed somebody to have magic powers for fan service to take place. Yes. And yeah, um, but right. it all works. So I'm fine with that. And <laughs> uh, I, I will say this early stuff. Also, it really actually like sells me on Zendaya and uh, Tom Holland's romance. So, as is tradition, Zendaya and Tom Holland are dating in real life, just like yes. McGuire and Dunst, just like Garfield and uh, Stone. So the, there's a whole thing where they interviewed Amy Pascal, and she says she's every single time they've cast Spider-Man actors, she's gone to them and said, please don't date in real life. Like, you don't want to intertwine these things. And every time she's <laughs> failed. So, but it gives, again, it uh, gives it gives these scenes so much more great romantic chemistry that they can't write, but there's a genuine affection between the two of the actors. And so it really shines through. And it's nice seeing Peter and MJ actually be a couple. And it actually seems genuine. It feels real. And that's important because later on in the movie, a lot of stuff hinges on that. And so it really works. And and also, it leads into something I like, which is, and one thing that helps hold this whole movie together, because we're going to get into some really crazy stuff. But at the core of the movie, the actual tension and stakes are Peter Parker wants his friends to go to college. Peter Parker wants to date his girlfriend. Peter Parker loves his aunt. That's the stuff that holds the movie together. And that's what's actually at stake. All this other stuff is gravy on top. And so early on, the inciting incident is MJ and Ned can't get into college because they're associated with him. And so Peter wants to fix that. That's why he wants to use the magic spell to change things. And that's really sweet. That's a really nice character motivation. He's not trying to save the world. He's not trying to stop an alien from invading the planet. He just wants his friends to go to college. Yes, finally, (laughs) like grounded normal stakes for a grounded normal neighborhood hero thank god i'm glad you enjoyed that i thought it got a little too silly and annoying um there was like there was was a particular point when like zendaya showed up and was like i got in and my first thought is i don't care (laughs) i was like it it just kept kind of happening it's not that i was sitting there going i just want to watch super smash brothers (laughs) like that's basically what this movie was um but it it kind of had like there was that was one. There, it's, it's drawn the, out. I think it's drawn out. I, the three I, things you actually you know. listed are three things I actually found kind of annoying. But and as part of why the movie is a little lower for me um, and specifically why I kind of just want the third act, not because I want Super Smash Brothers, but because like that's the the Peter Parker slash villain dynamic is what I enjoy. That, yeah, that stuff's definitely like that's the stuff you're going to remember the most. I, yeah, it, absolutely. I'm for me, it just it anchors it. You know, I know it needs the catalyst of the college because that's why he makes his decisions. But I also don't think it. we didn't like I 
I get it because it's now the real life consequences of them being connected to what the world perceives as like a teenage terrorist, which is silly, <laughs> um, but also works. Um, but anything is possible in this world. So I know yeah, half <laughs> but, the people got snapped. So yeah, which I love how Marvel's milk in the snap. I think it was great in Hawkeye how they depicted it uh, in the oh, most yeah, yeah, recent yeah, episode, um, episode yeah. five. Uh, I yes. thought that was really good. Um, I like that Marvel's trying to be a little more serious now, but they kind of <laughs> have to since they don't have the Netflix contract. So, <laughs> well, for me, like. For me, like the heart of Spider-Man as a character is like the things that really genuinely, truly bother him are very normal and mundane. Right. Like even throughout the Raimi movies, like he just wants the girl. Like that's what all he wants. The Spider-Man stuff gets in the way. And I think that I think this movie does a good job of that. Because everyone gets that. Uh, We all have things we care about, but then we have work. And like we understand (laughs) the importance and value of that. But that gets in the way of things. Uh, and that's a very relatable thing. So I, I, I see it. I just, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't buy some of it. Um, even though it was being sold to me and I was eating it, like <laughs> just, I was just stuffing it. Like, well, like it was a good movie. I also so. think it like thematically is what the movie is about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, cause like, it, cause it needed, they finally could had to get into the duality of spider-man <laughs> well they finally um, had to make a just a spider-man movie so right, they, like, yeah so they finally got around to it they do all spider-man stuff at the movie but okay um yeah regardless yeah regardless of how much it works for you because i i could definitely feel in my theater too uh, a few times there are there are a handful of people that are getting kind of fidgety during like the whole scene where they're opening the letters and all that stuff they're like okay like because they also read online rumors and they saw trailers so they they, they want to get to the good stuff and right. so um we get into that there's a Interesting scene with Doctor Strange and Peter Parker. Or first off, we learned that Doctor Strange isn't the source of Supreme anymore because he was snapped so long at the job, <laughs> yeah, which is a great detail. Great. That's really good. <laughs> um, and he goes to a spooky basement, and they do the spell. And, and it looked like Wong was warping to uh, what's the the other realm from Ten Rings? What was it called? Oh, uh, Tao Lo. Which would make sense because the last thing in Shang Chi was he was coordinating with um shang chi so yeah yeah oh yeah so there's some good continuity there yeah um and i, I kind of i like Stephen strange's dynamic peter parker where he's not a mentor he's kind of grumpy and he kind of is just frustrated with everyone but yeah he also, also likes peter he does but, yeah because peter um i one of my favorite character interactions is actually what peter is like i didn't want to waste your time and then benedict cumberbatch is really sincere and being like no you, yeah. you didn't waste my time like because he actually likes him he's like yeah. you're really sweet like there was something really intimate about that interaction that i really appreciated um and then and then he gets rejected back to call me sir so yeah <laughs> which was really good uh, yeah where he messes with the spell and then they actually like lamp the fact he's like he didn't even like call the school to see if he get them in he was just like that was went right to magic yeah, <laughs> yeah because he's a child <laughs> yeah he is in in the movie he's a high school senior you know even though this Maybe. is the oldest tom holland has looked in a movie yes because he looks he looks which, like 26 he, he's starting yeah he's starting to look he looks in his 20s which is kind of i'm glad they end the movie the way they do but but yeah this leads into the whole thing where the villains start showing up first doc ock shows up and uh how did how did you feel about the first doc ock fight it was good i thought it was yeah. i I wish more of the fight scenes took place during the day, but this movie takes place in 24 hours. So I, I guess I understand. Um, and I really wish the ending was in the daytime, but oh, well, um, I know it's cheaper to animate, even though they had an additional year to work on this movie. Um, right. But um, I thought that scene was good. Um, I thought it was 
I like how uh, Alfred Molina was used in this film because everyone everyone was worried about how that was going to be handled. Yeah, I mean, let's just let's just get into it. So yeah, because like um, the villains show up and they they are it's Defoe from Maguire. It's yeah, these are not variants; these are the characters, and it actually addresses my exact concerns that I voiced multiple times. Where they didn't, in my opinion, they don't go back and ruin anyone's character arcs. If anything, they keep doing that in, in doc ox case they, they get a little of, lighter they get more yeah i would say especially like especially sandman's uh flint marcos well but. Uh, i wasn't thinking sand um sandman's was always <laughs> criminally light um unfortunately <laughs> another arrested development development joke he's just tom jane from arrested development i just want my kids back um <laughs> that's it right. and hollywood actor tom jane yeah yeah um but uh Everyone's a little lighter, like Alfred Molina's funnier, which was weird. Um, but when you learn, basically, we end up learning from each character the specific times they were all, I was going to say snapped, but that's, which isn't actually all that far from the reversed. They um, <laughs> there, you get to like, we learn like Molina was basically brought in in the middle of the fight at the end of Spider Man 2. So just before he ends up redeeming, redeeming himself by yes. taking yep. control. So, like, works. Um, Defoe could have just been whatever, um, (laughs) um, before he dies, um, lizard man was basically when he's like permanent lizard. Um, uh, yeah. And so on and so forth. Yeah. And they even lampshade the fact they're not sure if he dies. Right. It's like, do do you guys know if I die? Do I die? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause he's just at the end of one (laughs) and like talks to a shadow guy that we still don't know who he is. (laughs) He's the gentleman. Um, (laughs) Like whatever. Okay. Um, but never even see that actor's face the entire two movies. <laughs> so it's whatever. shrouded in shadow. Yeah, it, it, it is the, the and as we'll get into, these are not cameos. They're characters in the movie. Like yes. they stick around. So the only yeah. one that really changes is Electro, who just is Jamie Foxx. It's not like <laughs> it's not the the character that we that I it, so it appreciated is, in Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. It is and it isn't like they they actually like I appreciate it. they expl- like they did the thing where they kind of like updated his look and made him a little comic accurate. They even have an in-universe reason why he's like kind of like the colors. Which I talked to Cat. I was like, I hope there's an in-universe reason why he changes. Because yeah. yeah, he comes in and he's blue, and then he's like just something about the, the powers. The different. energy's <laughs> different here. It's and just then, like um, okay, cool. <laughs> Kurt Connors is like, last time I saw you, you had like teeth and a comb over and glasses <laughs> just and like five lines short of you are ugly <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh, he, he acts a little different like he's got a swagger and he mentions like i like who i am here you know so they they yeah they kept continuity enough where it's not a problem and then and then like all the villains talk to each other and that's great like yeah like there's a whole thing where electro is like because they're guy, in a trophy room what else are yeah. they gonna do it's a video game <laughs> yeah yeah he's collected them you know it's like it's like an arkham knight where all the villains are just in the cell at the end of the game it's great and uh yeah he's talking to kirk connor he's like this guy he tried to like turn everyone to lizards for some reason and then kirk connor's like i can give you a makeover and he's like you just want to turn me to lizard don't you yeah like <laughs> yeah yeah like they mentioned like all right this guy had a lame character he had a lame motivation and here it is intact and there's like good stuff where they're talking about like the like the fact they'll die um, the guy, but the, the real standout is, of course, William Defoe as Green Goblin, who definitively proves once and for all that Green Goblin is Spider-Man's greatest villain for so many reasons. Yeah. Where he has a little mini side story. He's there. He smashes the mask. He's conflicted like he is. He meets Aunt May at Feast, which was nice to see Feast. And 
he like Peter Parker because he just he's got a heart of gold. He takes in this strange William Defoe and he takes him around and he shows him mercy. And there's a whole thing where um Doctor Strange is like, all right, we're gonna send him back and they're all gonna die. And Peter Parker fights Doctor Strange and they just do a Doctor Strange action scene, which I thought was nice to throw into the movie. I like the Spidey the Sense too. And oh, they the kind Spidey of com- they comic so good did it. They yeah. were like because he's um in you know, like an ethereal world, you can look above his head and it looks like how they do it in the animations, uh, which I really appreciated. That was pretty cool. Uh, it was neat. And then it leads into the second movie, which is <laughs> yes, Peter Parker. Rehab. Takes all the rehab. To, <laughs> Peter to, Parker's rehab. <laughs> to, yeah, they take, they take them all to Happy Hogan's apartment and That's they're right. all just hanging out in the apartment <laughs> together. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's so great. Like this, I could have watched a whole movie of this, of just, you have Sandman's on the couch. He's getting the couch dirty. Electro turns the TV on by zapping it. Uh, William, uh, Norman Osborn and Peter Parker doing science together, but not in the overdone way where he's like Tony Stark's apprentice, even though William Defoe makes a comment about it. Uh, they they fix Doc Ock's inhibitor chip, which I, I'm glad they kept the detail. He even has a inter- little interaction with Aunt May, which because in the comics at one point, Doc Ock, I think, marries Aunt May or something like that. So that was kind of nice. And these actors, they're not phoning it in. They're they're act their their game they're on they're giving it all they're all they're getting a lot of money and also yeah they probably i i would probably assume that some of them actually really appreciated and enjoyed their characters um who they were working with at the time um when they made these movies back then and then now i think they were like yeah this is fun but yeah and uh, you know william defoe i mean so alfred molina he's just he's down for anything like if you look at his like voice acting work he's in almost every cartoon you've ever watched because he's just he likes to work he likes to do stuff william defoe part of his deal for coming back is he's like i want more to do i want to i do my own stunts i want to be in the movie and they're like yeah sure so they like wrote <laughs> cool. him a bigger part you know nice and jamie fox is just a very charismatic actor so um, but they're 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 acting. They're going in, and Alfred Molina really does a lot with his brawl. Like when he becomes good again, you kind of believe it. And then um, William Defoe is just the most evil person who's ever lived. And so there's the yeah, there's the great Spider Sense scene where do you, uh, do you think um, do you think William Defoe did, did the Jared Leto where he actually did stuff on set? He actually he actually flew through walls. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He tried to murder Melissa Tomei multiple times. Uh, we all collapsed, yeah, even though he did do it. <laughs> um, yeah, but there's an excellent scene where Parker's spidey sense is going off. He doesn't know why. He's looking on the room. Oh, it's so good. And William Defoe just becomes Green Goblin before our very eyes. And it's awesome. He's a great little monologue. He And one of the interesting dynamics is they do a good job of keeping all the villains pretty consistent with character-wise for the most part. Doc Ock is only evil because of inhibitor chip. Electro is evil, but he's willing to go along with it. If there's something in it, the Sandman just wants to go home. And William Defoe has like a split personality, and but his evil half is taken over. And so he gives a speech about how they are, you know, these these are not just curses; these are gifts, and like we're above people. So Electro just turns evil again. It's like, yeah, you're right, because he doesn't want to lose his powers, and so he right. zaps Doc Ock and Lizard, who's just hanging out in the van. It's just like, yeah, it's go time, and he just like runs around like a lizard. Yeah. And it's awesome. And it leads into an amazingly great action sequence. William Defoe just beats the ever-loving crap out of Spider-Man. He power bombs him. He spine busters him. Just a bunch of wrestling moves, which is great, which popped me, obviously. But yeah, and it's just William Defoe is just punching him. There's a great scene where Spider-Man is punching him in the face over and over again. And William Defoe, just his grin gets bigger every time he punches him, um, which I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. And 
Yeah, which is partially why people want to fan cast him as a Joker every time they want to fan cast a Joker and want limited photo plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's awesome, and it leads into um, a scene that really worked for me really well. Uh, I really bought into it. I don't know if you bought into it. This is actually what I I talked to Dan earlier. I said Cat and I both got kind of di- I wouldn't say confused. I'd say disoriented, and it was this scene where oh, okay, the two of happened? us kind of just there's just something like there was something that confused me or I missed, which I was totally into the movie. <laughs> I don't know why this happened. But like, um, or maybe it was officially past my bedtime because um, I saw this movie at 10.30 p.m. Uh, on a big, Friday night. Big mistake, man. It's like a three-hour movie. So. <laughs> I know. I, got a, I fell asleep at 2 o'clock that night. Oof. Um, but I never actually felt tired in the movie because um, like, man, you just get energy. But um, there was like a point in this interaction, and I was specifically with Aunt May in the apartment where I got disoriented. And then... Obviously, Willem Dafoe goes evil um, as Green Goblin. And then something in that interaction, like, I just got real, like, what's, why can't I keep up? <laughs> and then I start fighting and I'm really enjoying it, but I'm like, I just feel like I missed something. <laughs> and then, like, I unfortunately didn't get to experience to the full extent what happens next because I was still like a few steps behind. Uh, okay. Um, but I what, did still, what confused you just like, I, I, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh, what happened? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did an yeah, angel yeah. fall on your head or I just had safe? like a small <laughs> stroke or something. I don't know. It's just like, I love Spider-Man. I yeah. just, that's all Why are they fighting Spider-Man? <laughs> He's trying to help them. <laughs> but it was specifically I like, I like, think you just got really into it. Like, no, 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 You could be good. <laughs> Um, did, let me tell you about ah, Jesus. Come on, <laughs> he's so good in this, though. Like he's like Peter. Yeah, you know, he's just like he's really glad to be back. He just he sells it. William Defoe. I don't get the impression he likes big movies. Like I listen to interviews. He just likes movies. He likes movies because he's in all kinds of stuff. He was in like a Disney dog movie two years ago. <laughs> so like he'll just do whatever. So yeah, he'll be in anything. But I get, I definitely get the feeling that his bread and butter is he likes smaller indie, more like indie films, offensive films, where he gets where he gets to act. (laughs) Yeah. But my point is, Liam Defoe definitively proves that the Green Goblin in the comics he's Spider Man's greatest foe, and in film he proves that he is because he absolutely like terrifies. And it's interesting watching Baby Tom Holland deal with a truly evil character because he's never dealt with really anybody. He's never had. Nobody's ever been like evil, horrible. evil, evil, you know, yeah. like because he's dealt with aliens, which are evil, but they don't look like as much as I like Thanos as a character. It's it's a CGI character. I'm looking at it. I'm aware of the fact I'm watching a movie. Um, but this is a is human a, being that he has feelings to care for and yes. save. So when the person just absolutely hates him for almost like no reason other than he is spider-man more connections to daredevil other than the fact that he's in it it's he's he's trying to find a reason to save him (laughs) and he's found it and then green goblin keeps giving him reasons to not (laughs) and and so he just goes full he just goes full goblin and he's like this is your problem like you have like morality that's your weakness like you have this power and so aunt may who and it's important to point out she's part of the catalyst of this. When when Norman Osborn, who looks like a you know he looks like a mentally unwell homeless person, comes in, she's like, "This man needs your help, and it is our duty to help them. This is what we do." Right, and that's like part of what motivates him to try and save these villains. And so she's the person who's been pushing him and pushing him to do the right thing. And so she tries to hit Goblin with the serum they created to heal him, and. 
obviously it doesn't work partially because goblin himself was working on the serum so we can surmise that he likely sabotaged the serum and so she's like uh, he's like i'm going to fix you like i'm going to free you from this and he hits her with a glider and he sits there which he gets i on... kind of felt looked a little dumb <laughs> I, I i wanted just to impale her from behind and just do the same thing they did from or like, just I... do the spider-man 2 where the glass shards fly into melina's wife and oh, you're yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah. she should be cut into pieces but then she just lays on the floor and it's fine so, someone <laughs> like, someone gotta know like you can't impale aunt may <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or cut her to shreds with the, the thousand cuts or whatever. Uh, so, but then but it does give us this great moment and great shower. Goblin's on the glider and Stefoe, and he has this like amazing smirk on his face and a good suit. And he's like, "You're gonna thank me later." And he throws a pumpkin bomb, and it blows up. Everyone in my theater gasped. Yeah, um, and they actually do a good job because they don't. The guy kill next Aunt to me, May. no, 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 <laughs> like literally, he was, he was you know, so into it. <laughs> they they don't kill Aunt May. You watch her die. And that is an important difference where at first you kind of think she's kind of cool. You think she's all right. (laughs) She gets up. She's just shaken. But like you can tell something's off about her. And Peter Parker's like, this is all my fault. Like, you know, this is all my fault. And she gives him no, like, this is not your fault. Like you did what was right. And then she delivers that with great power comes great responsibility line, which thank God, because man, that's what's really been lacking from every Spider-Man film since Spider-Man one. Yeah. It's a core to the character. I don't know why they waited so long, but they finally did it in a way that really works. Well, they do it in amazing Spider-Man. It's just real lame. Oh yeah. Yeah. They do like a remixed version of it, which is, I don't know why they do that, but, um, and then, but then it turns out she's not okay. She just lays down and then she slowly starts to die. And it's sad because partially because, um, it's just inherently sad watching Peter Parker cradle Aunt May because Aunt May is like his uh, parent figure and that's just sad. But also like as she's dying, she's asking if he's okay and it's just really sad. And Marissa Tomei is a wonderful actor. So it really And Tom Holland is really coming into his own as an actor. And so he's really selling the scene. He's like, please look at me, Aunt May, please look at me. And it's like super sad. And then yeah. the music, of course, and it leads into what I think is the best single thing in the movie because it's the most pure Spider-Man, which is uh j jonah jameson is sort of a figure in the background of the movie but he's there with his crew because he gets a tip that something's going down and so he peter parker it's raining he's standing on top of a building and performs a giant scream like in blade runner and it's just news footage and it's just j jonah jameson blaming peter parker it's uh, blaming spider-man this is all spider-man's fault and peter parker is there he's crying he's watching as the world blames him for his own aunt's death Right. As the rain falls, as he's holding the mask and it's pure Spider-Man and it's like, oh my gosh, like I know it's supposed to be sad, but this is great. Like, this is great stuff. I love this. I if love you're sad, depressed or if you're crying, Parker. it's because it's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it it's like me all the time. Peter yeah. Parker needs to suffer and he needs to he needs to feel the weight of the cost of a decision he's made because it's really what makes the character. And they're finally doing it. Like they're finally just beating up poor Spider-Man. It's going to get worse, unfortunately, for him as the movie goes on. But this is great stuff. And this is the end of the second movie. But so far, like I know you said you got um, uh, mixed up and turned around. But how are you feeling with the movie so far? <laughs> I, I'm having a good time. I It's con- continuing to show me that um, when you have a good committee, you can make a good movie. Because um, it feels like um, John Watts was at least – John Watts seems like the kind of director that you they called in to do these movies – because he can listen to like quick notes of what needs to get done because he's essentially working with two studios on this movie. So it's like, come on, you gotta, we, you have to work together with us 
because yeah. it's, it's legally required <laughs> that we do it's like things. memento where like amy pascal will give him a note and then kim Feige would be like don't listen to the other person's <laughs> yeah, lies and then amy pascal yeah. is like don't listen to their lies yeah it's just, like, oh, it's no. just a nightmare and yeah. this is like the the time when i think um and and like there was a lot it definitely seemed like there was a lot of like um early marriage difficulty with the first two spider-man yeah. movies and everything that basically spider-man's been in with the marvel films and then this movie in particular was like both both Amy Pascal and Feige finally got together and like, they didn't just have beers. They had champagne. Cause they're like, we're, we're the richest people in the world. Like, <laughs> like, like we have everything. The spider together. boy prints money, baby. And they're not only just the richest people in the world. They have convinced everybody that they don't like each other. <laughs> and so they're not only just the richest people, they're the best grifters on the planet. And so like, they're just like, let's, let's make a good movie. <laughs> and then John Watts overheard about it. says, I know your secret. <laughs> they're like, okay, okay, okay. Come on, come on. And so then they make this movie where they're all working together and it's really good. Um, and then of course they had some like, this movie also visually looks really, really yes, good. Yeah. I, yeah. There's so many like things that happen that, yeah, visually like it's directed. It's wise, really well shot. Lots of shot. Best stuff. Yeah. Um, the action sequences are satisfying and pretty cool. And there's, a, there's an oomph. They're like, there's an oomph to the Defoe, Peter Parker throwdown and that yes. thing. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, um, like, I think Kat was like, how many more floors <laughs> like, <what's laughs> the, are they going to make it? Like what's going on? Um, but there's, um, the third act fight scene uh, is a little too dark for me visually and kind of boring looking. But yeah, the, it's, the fight yeah, scenes up I to agree. this point, I think, look really good. Even the nighttime one with Electro and um, Sandman in particular having oh, yeah, we didn't very, yeah. very good lighting, very good um, visuals, uh, haunting, very cool stuff um, that I really liked. And so uh, not... Not that I'm going to movies just to watch some fight scenes all the time, but let's be real. We do that all the time. That's why we watch <laughs> well, John Wick. But yeah. this it's very satisfying looking it, there. And it is an action movie. So it's I mean. an action movie. And then the drama is pretty effective for this uh, at this point. And uh, even though I, for some reason my brain just decided to stop <laughs> computing. I I did find all that pretty effective. I love I love our episode. I love our podcast because you never know like what rogue element will pop up in an episode. You never know how I how I operate. Well, it's I like keep you on your toes. It's like I've never listened to a podcast. Someone's like, yeah, this, and then the, the madness took me for a few minutes. So I, 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 I don't know what happened next. But I came then I back, thought about you know. Invincible and cried. <laughs> yeah, just uh, Invincible so good. I know, we I, just do another episode on it. Let's just watch it again. There's do it there's, again. A, there's a handful. Of, there's two things that my wife and I will occasionally just start talking about again. It's Invincible and Midnight Mass. Those two things. We'll just be like. Man, those were really good. And yeah, I I'm I'm on board and I'm enjoying the visuals. I'm enjoying the stakes. I'm enjoying all of it. And then we get into some of the stuff that I have been waiting for yeah. for a very long time. Oh man. <laughs> so like here's the thing. If you had told me they were just making a movie where Tom Holland fights a Sinister Six from the multiverse and then Aunt May dies, I'd be like, that seems like a lot of stuff for one movie. <laughs> well you have no yeah. idea what's up it is this is one of the most efficient movies like we joked about this a couple episodes ago like we were talking about eternals and how long it is and how just this is the same way <laughs> is it the same length long. is it the same length or shorter because i feel like i heard it was like six minutes shorter 
Yeah, it's shorter, but not significantly so. so but I enough mean... to, to shame Eternals. <laughs> but but like we were talking about like, man, Spider-Man's got to be like four hours. And it's like they do everything in two and a half. <laughs> they yeah. do, and they do everything you wanted. Like I actually got exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, which we'll yeah. get into. And, um, and I got it twice. So I'm okay. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, first oh, off, man. this movie really finally puts to bed the whole thing of like Spider-Man 3 too many villains that's what was wrong with that movie and it's just like first off there's three villains so man like er- almost every marvel movie post like avengers one has too many has, characters it's just, <laughs> yeah it's there's not a magical number you hit where a movie just becomes like incoherent and bad like oh oh, oh you had six characters i mean five, even bad. dark knight you arguably know? has like three villains yeah um scarecrow's technically in it for actually it's four because zaz is in it uh, or no, he's in one. Is he he's in, one? in one? Okay. I mean, it's he's a character called Victor Zaz. He's nothing like the comic character. Yeah, so. and he's only there for like a second. Yeah, <laughs> tosses you a bone. It's first off, you have to write stuff for all your characters. But like, you like I said, this the core story of the movie is there, and everything you add onto it, just it, it there's a there's a good skeleton to put the skin on here. So Peter Parker wants to do what's right. Peter Parker wants to help people. Like Peter Parker wants to save these villains. And then he gets mixed up and then it costs, it costs him something. That's a pretty simple story. You could do that story with three characters or you could do it with however many characters are in this movie, you know? So it all works together. And also like the part of why we're kind of going through this way is they do kind of section people off. Like, okay, here's a section with this stuff. Here's the stuff with the villains. We're going to side them a little bit because something really great is going to happen next. And so uh, also this is a movie where these sort of, I felt like the pacing and the balance of drama and jokes is really there because they don't, they don't, nobody comes in and cracks a joke about Aunt May dying. They just let that scene breathe. She just dies in front of you and it's sad. And there isn't a thing where like, you know, the humor is character based. It's not comedy based. Yeah. It's, it, the characters themselves obviously have quirks and interests that make them. Yeah. Funny. And, and so um, that's why it's good. It, and like, yeah, of course, and Sandman makes your room look horrible. He's, he's made a man. There's, you, got, you let a guy who made of mud go in my apartment. <laughs> and yeah, and the jokes are like, they makes like there's a whole thing where like Jamie Foxx, Electro and Sam are talking and they're just like, there's talking. And then Jamie Foxx is like, oh man, like, yeah, I got, I got these powers to fall into an electric vat filled wheels. And Sam was like, oh, no way. I found like a hydron collider. I'm like, oh, guess you gotta look where you're stepping, you know, or whatever. And it's just like, those are cute and it's fun fan service stuff, but like, they're making small talk. Like, of course, they're gonna be like, "How'd you get your powers?" You yeah. Know what what, I mean? else, what like, else are you gonna do? <laughs> You're gonna be in this apartment for a couple hours. They're so. not gonna talk about sports or whatever. Like, yeah. What are they gonna talk about? <laughs> totally um, different sports teams <laughs> from other universes. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Raptors might be a football team in the universe, not a basketball team. You know, whatever. They're still um, called the Redskins. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Even in your universe. I can't people believe have it. a problem with the universe. Oh, lots of people everywhere. have a problem. I can't you know? believe it. <laughs> the discourse. Oh man, the discourse of my universe is terrible. Uh, but in terms of pacing, they let you have a sad scene. Then they have a sad scene where you look at someone being sad about a sad scene. And then it goes into, all right, MJ and Ned, they're hanging out. Um, they're trying to, like, we got to help Peter. And he's got the sling ring from Dr. Strange after uh, Peter sold off Dr. Strange when they fought. And he's like, we need to look for Peter Parker. And so he's opened up a portal. And in the back, and, and the open portal opens up. And you see a, and you see an alleyway. And there's a Spider-Man. Slinky looking Spider-Man. But he looks a little slender, a little more tumblery. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been told, I'll say this in a second. But And he walks through the, he walks through the portal into, the, into their dining room. 
And immediately as soon as my, my theater started screaming and then we takes the mask off and it's Andrew Garfield and my theater lost it. I don't know what he says next. Both times it's on theaters, yeah, everyone started screaming seen, so loud. I have no idea what was said. <laughs> it's funny because like, I feel like this is the movie where they would have known to like when something like that happens, give breathing room because like in comedies or even in um in plays, if there's a pivotal line or a joke, you would actually leave breathing room for people to, to react. Yeah, you'd pause and then in for this applause. movie, it's just and poor Andrew Garfield. I don't know if you sold that line, dude, because I'll never hear it. <laughs> I'll never hear it. Oh yeah. man! And I mean, and then he has interactions, and because we have two extremely charismatic actors, Zendaya and Andrew Garfield, you just have instant chemistry, um, and they're just like. It's and he's fun. a good Peter Parker. Like he was realized in Amazing Spider-Man Two, and unfortunately yeah. didn't get enough screen time because the movie wants to do other things. And then in this, he still he still knows exactly he, what kind of Peter Parker. Oh wants my to be. gosh! And I'm just gonna say, like, just to get ahead of ourselves a little bit here, this movie really does a lot to rehab Andrew Garfield's reputation as Spider-Man because Andrew Garfield is having so much fun, and he clearly loves being Spider-Man. He loves being Peter Parker, and he is so good in this. Like he he's is very so, good. He is. And it's like I if you if you listen to our retrospective on the the Mark Webb Amazing Spider-Man movies, you mentioned that uh, you'll remember that I said that I sometimes felt like his quips and stuff are a little more a little too mean spirited in the Peter first Parker. one in particular. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah, especially in the first one. And you know, some people have different feelings on that. Here, it really works because it's balanced out with other characters. So like he adds an interesting dynamic uh, because obviously, so they open up a second portal and Tobey Maguire walks through and my theater. People were just losing their minds because yeah, the dude. minute they're like, I guess we got to keep looking for Peter Parker. Everyone goes, oh, Ooh. and then, then Toby Maguire walks through the portal and he's dressed in street clothes. Everybody looks, starts Manny, Manny looks old, but man, they everyone loves it. He looks but. old, but then they also like gave him the most like hobo outfit in the world. <laughs> like it's got no color. They accented how old he is. I thought he was in his 50s. I looked up. He's only in his 40s. I was like, why did they make him look 10 years older? Yeah. Like, I, I wish they gave him like because I was I said to Kat yesterday, I was like. He looks fashionable in the Raimi ones. Like he still looks dorky because he's like doing sweater vests and stuff. But it's and he, which is fine. Yeah. They actually look great. They're not dorky. But like, but then in this, it's like it's like he literally warped in in the Spider-Man <laughs> outfit and then was like, <laughs> like I gotta go get real clothes. And he just went to like a homeless shelter drop off and just like took the clothes out of there and was like, this will wear these. <laughs> yeah, so, it's but like he might yeah, as well so, been in the background of any other scene and I wouldn't have seen him because it's just that'd be like, great. Instead <laughs> of like looking for ghosts and haunting of Hill House, yeah, looking for Peter Parker. Toby McGuire specifically. Yeah, Toby McGuire is at a bodega like, man, coffee's so expensive in this universe, you know, or whatever. It. <laughs> yeah. It's 2020 what? Oh my gosh. You know. <laughs> um yeah, so like, but yeah, Andrew Garfield and Zendaya immediately have a great rapport. She's just like, oh, like, well, prove your Spider-Man. He, is, he walks on the ceiling. Tom McGuire has a good smile. And he's so like, he's smile. such a dork, but it's so good to see him, man. And like, cool Andrew Garfield. Now, I've told, and it's because my, I was a, I was a Reddit boy and my wife was a Tumblr girl. Uh, a love story for the ages. But so she was on Tumblr <laughs> and she tells me like, yeah, Andrew Garfield, like Spider-Man was huge on tumblr which makes sense because like the raimi spider-man movies wrapped up around 2007 uh so when fandoms got a hold of spider-man it was andrew garfield you know and he's a he's an attractive young man and the ladies went crazy for him so um so you have that spider-man juxtaposed with dumpy toby mcguire who looks like 
um, who looks like if he gets the wrong order of McDonald's, he just eats it because he doesn't want to go out like correct them. <laughs> yes. You know, he th- them just being in the same room together is great, and they're talking. And Andrew Garfield is getting bread thrown at him, but then they shoot webs and at both each of other. Their spider senses basically go off because they're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> they're really which confused. Is, which is a great continuity thing because that's how it is in the Into the Spider Verse animated film. So you know that's just a running thing. And then they're like, all right, we got to go help Spider-Man. And so you have this great, fun crowd repeating scene. People in my theater, uh, they've fallen over dead from heart attacks. They've thrown up all over each other. The popcorn stuck to the ceiling because they're throwing it so high. Christ returned. I, re- <laughs> yeah, I do remember that part. And sat down, and then sat down in the theater to watch Spider-Man. He's like, I'm going for this, you know? Uh, and <laughs> that that's the meal he was talking about. <laughs> I will not take part of this again until I return. <laughs> This all is the, the popcorn. Spider- all the Spider-Man in one movie, you know. Uh, and the but popcorn then again, was the body, and the butter was the blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cutting this off now. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but again, the pacing it goes right into Peter Parker. Tobe Holland is still sad about what happened because his life yeah. sucks, you know. And he goes, and his friends hug him, um, and they figure it out because um, Tom uh, Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, is like, "Well, what's a place that he goes to like be by himself?" Because that's the thing with every Spider-Man. They have a little dialogue in Geographu where they compare favorite spots, which is cute. And then they go find him and he's crying. He's like, oh, this is terrible. I'm a bad Spider-Man. And then he looks up and there they are hanging from the rafters or whatever. And it's cool. And they come down and they're talking and they have a wonderful scene where they just talk. And this is all I want from Spider-Man meeting each other. I don't want them to fight villains together. I want them to talk about being Spider-Man. And he shares that his aunt May told him with great power comes responsibility. And Tobey Maguire finishes the line for him because that's what uncle ben told him and they all bond over that and they talk about where they went wrong you know they share their sorrows and angers and grief and it's just wonderful like it's, it's so really good. good yeah you know how do you i mean I'm, i've been talking so much how do you feel about this scene it's super super good i this is why like if i were to see it again i almost just want to like go two hours late or because like, <laughs> then i could just start at this part um i this stuff was the best stuff for me i really like um like what one key thing too is that the, in the other ones it's like it's just spider-man versus everything else um and i'm not super big on the whole lone hero kind of like cowboy ranger myth thing uh which if anyone wanted to know cowboys were corporate uh they were total lackeys of the big man um but anyways it it definitely worked for me i feel like uh th- yeah this is when the movie really starts to it's not that it's like I've just been sitting here waiting. When are they going to be together? When are they going to be interacting? When are they just going to have conversations? But it's just like what makes Peter Parker interesting is that as far as my experience and understanding is, is that he is by himself. And so not having other people understand entirely what's going on through Mm. his experience is important. And I think what I like is that so because he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it becomes complicated uh, because there's all these other heroes everywhere. And yet the movie expertly makes it so that he's basically on his own. Like Doctor Strange isn't a friend of his in this movie at a certain point. Like what he wants to do is different from what they want. Additionally, many other heroes are dead and also off world or who knows where they are. And so he has nobody to go to. And then also as he's becoming more of who he is figuring out like you start to really learn that the personal journey you go through only certain people can begin to understand it. And that's very limited. Um, 
I feel that way many times when it comes to particular things that I'm working with. I'm sure you have too when it comes to mental health or any, any t- take a pick of something going on in your life or that has gone on that you felt isolated and afraid to talk about. But then also, not only that, you also thought, but probably no one else will understand anyway. And so it's heartwarming to have a scene where basically he's just talking to himself. <laughs> and it's <laughs> in a sense, yeah. 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 And yeah. like different versions, but they're all um, him. Like at the end of the day, that is, that's Peter Parker, that's Peter Parker, that's Peter Parker. And they're not the same, um, but they are uh, similar. And that's sort of what it's like when you meet someone close to you who you start to trust is it's like, well, they're kind of like me, even if they have different interests, hobbies or movies or critic rating scores on Rotten Tomatoes. And so it's, it's a, it's a scene that definitely sells well and begins the, 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 the stuff that I, that I'd like the most in the movie, which I could have had more of, uh, frankly, and maybe we will have more. It would be a shame if there's more <laughs> interspersed multidimensional Spider-Man stuff in the future because it starts to wane what makes this movie special. But I also think that this movie shows that people totally like it. And I could see (laughs) Spider-Verse 2 having some um, live action sequences like in Lego movie. Um, uh, Oh, Uh, by the the way, um, no Miles Morales does not show up in this movie. Uh, But in my theater, when there was a post credit scene, the second one, when it starts, uh, no, when the first one starts, people, someone just goes, Miles, <laughs> just like yells it because <laughs> we were guy. all on the same page. We were like, everything has been kept secret. There's got to be or every secret has been let out. <laughs> There's got to be one thing we don't know about. And I think everybody was thinking it's going to be Miles. I and I specifically have been told these specific details about this post credit scene. So of the Venom one or the, Venom one, yeah. or the trailer for the next movie. No, no, not that one. <laughs> that was a bummer. I actually wish it wasn't a, just a trailer. Um. Yeah, isn't it funny that he like? I I was also like, yeah, I was waiting to because I totally forgot Venom saw him uh, saw Spider Man in the last movie uh, in Venom Two, and then he's just there for a post credits just to leave, which kind of bummed me out. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind uh, of would have been fun we, to have. We, him can, we can get to that in a bit, but but all um, that to say is, um, uh, the movie works for me, uh, and those scenes <laughs> definitely start to work for me the most. Um, I wonder if like not knowing would have made the whole movie sell a little better for me because then I'm not well, just waiting for Well, we didn't know for, for sure. Stuff. It was we didn't know for sure. obviously rumored, <laughs> but it's but, yeah. like everyone unanimously just assumed this is what was going to happen the moment like news started coming out. It's, it's interesting. Even before like, it's probably what getting stuff. married is like, you know, you love each other and you know, you're going to get married, but you still want to like, Pee your but pants so, and throw up before the ceremony, and it's it's so good once you're there because even if <laughs> yeah. you know, it's still <laughs> yeah. not the same as when it's happening. You know, unless someone's walked uh, out. We just compared seeing three Spider Men on screen together to being married. So that's well, pretty, you never thought it happened. Pretty it lame. <laughs> uh, yeah, this stuff is great. It really like is the moment. Like even if you didn't like the movie up to this point, which you know I think it's good up to this point, it really is. It's cool. It's special. It's a. It's an event. It's and then cetera, there's just a lot of it. Actually, it's not just like quick stuff. It's there's a lot of them interacting for the rest yeah. of the movie. <laughs> it's it's again. It's not. It just never a cameo. runs out of steam. They yeah. have characters. These are characters. They are the same characters from the previous movies they were in. And man, is it so nice to see them? Because then there's a scene where they're all doing science together afterwards, and you get some fun conversations. Like uh, Peter and I'm um, sorry, Toby and Andrew just get to talk to each other which is really great i really like that they have a moment where they talk about their adult love lives together and it's really nice where you kind of get a pseudo update on how 
Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst are doing. Uh, obviously, I think Andrew everybody Garfield. sort of assumed that uh, the Spider-Man that trains Miles Morales in Spider-Verse was the Tobey Maguire one. Yeah, yeah, and or supposed to be a version of that, essentially, right? Because didn't they? Well, actually, and they kind of alluded to that because they show scenes of him like stopping in the train and stuff like that, um, which could just be but clever they, stuff. But yeah, who knows? but they, they're slightly different than what they, what happens in the Maguire movies. Right. That's right. Okay. Um, as uh. Especially because also at one point they wanted to have Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield vo- have vocal cameos in the movie where they would voice maybe in the next perspective. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me after this. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happens. But and they're just like, why is this happening again? <laughs> oh, it'd be it funny if they're like, oh hey, I remember. Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are things? Do you ever figure things out with you know whatever? That'd be um, cute. Yeah, and yeah, and then of course they have a scene where. Toby Maguire shows yeah, his natural web suitors and everyone freaks out. Which is exactly what I oh, knew was going to so happen, good. dude. I was like, yes. So does it like, do you ever have blockage? <laughs> does, <laughs> does the web come out anywhere else? Like, uh... Yeah. So yeah, la- later on they have that. Um, uh, in the in the lab. They, they freak out. They're like, what? <laughs> Which is terrific. Like, uh, dude, that came out inside. That came from inside of you. you know? <laughs> um, Ned Ned Leeds has it asked. Uh, Tobey Maguire, like, do you have a best friend? And of course, he's talking about James Franco. <laughs> just like, yeah, he tried to kill me and die in my arms. And Ned tells Peter, uh, Tom Holland, that he would never do that. Which is Tom Holland's kind of, like you agnostic now, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's a it's it's a fun early on the movie. He also goes, I wonder if there's other Ned leads out there in the multiverse, and everyone and this, chuckles. <laughs> yeah, because like, no, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a uh, so it's a it, that's a meta joke because in the comics, Ned leads becomes the Hobgoblin. Oh, he okay. does become a bad guy. So, oh, I thought he was original for the um, Holland films. This version of the character is very original. Like right. Ned Leeds is not his high school friend who's Asian. You know, that's a, one thing that's interesting about the MCU Spider-Man is that like all these characters, Betty Brant, uh, Cindy Moon. Everyone's a little different. Yeah, they're all, it's funny. They took all these characters from Peter, Peter Parker's adult life and just made them high school students, which is kind of a neat gimmick. They just never really did anything with it because like Betty Brant, is like a love interest and stuff for Spider-Man, but she's just a girl at his high and school. They, so, is the is the other love interest in the first movie just a random character? That is an original character they made for the movie. Yeah, why not just do Betty Brant? I don't know. Anyways. I think maybe they're saving her or something. Like there's a there's a girl who goes with them on their spelling bee named Cindy, who's Cindy Moon. She becomes Silk in the comics. Like she's a whole superhero, and she's like in a couple of scenes in one of the movies. Like. I don't know. It seems like they were making world building and then later they're like, nah, never mind, because they got yeah. other stuff they want to do, which is fine, I guess. But uh yeah, so that yeah, this all leads to them going to the Statue of Liberty, which is being remade to have Captain America shield added. Which is to pretty it, silly. Which is dumb, which is but I think but then they destroy it. So I think they yeah. just added that so they could break something. But yeah, and then they they have the whole like, oh, like what happens to your webbing? Does it get caught up in you? And they have like they have like um Tobey Maguire is getting old. He also hurts his back in one of the Spider-Man movies. So like Andrew Garfield <laughs> oh, like back. cracks his back, which is which is cute. Yeah, and they have conversations about the web shooter thing. Then they talk about the villains they've faced. It's great. And Andrew Garfield mentions that he fought a Russian guy in a metal rhinoceros. Yeah, which he's like, made you guys me... went to like space, I like space. <laughs> thing. I just fought a guy in a rhino suit, <laughs> <laughs> which made me want Paul Giamatti back so much more. You know? And you but... almost get him. <laughs> I know, he's he's trying to break through the multiverse, dude. He's it's... like, let me in. Let me in. <laughs> oh, little spider. <laughs> you know? And uh, yeah, uh, Toby Maguire mentions fighting Venom. Uh, Peter Parker, uh, Tom Holland mentions he went to space. I would keep doing the whole episode. And yeah, they have fun. It's this is uh, great stuff. This is so good. And 
again, I could watch a whole movie of this, you know, but they give me just enough to want more. And then it leads into the big punch up at the end, which as you mentioned, it's, I like the initial thing where they don't do good because they don't know how to work as a team. And then right, they they're like, they, none of us have been on a team before. Well, I've been a part of the Avengers. Well, that's great. But like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, t- where Tony McGuire gets real sassy yeah. and it's so funny. Like, how is this helping? Like, a freak out. And then yeah. Andrew Garfield uh, goes, I love you guys. It's, yes, it's, it's exactly so, what he would do. It's so great. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Okay. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and the actual yeah the actual fights are you know serviceable. They're not the best fight scenes you've seen in anything, but the fact it's these characters doing them definitely elevates right. the scene. Where you're just happy to be there. Um, and then they have some like first off, there's some great little character moments. Uh, Doc Ock shows up and actually helps them, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then it leads to a scene where like, oh my gosh, this is one of low key one of my favorite scenes of the movie where he sees Tobey Maguire again. And he's like, oh, he's like, you've grown up. And he's like, and Tom McGuire's happy to see him again. And there's so many layers to that where it's like Tom McGuire, this guy he admired who then died. Right. Um, he gets to see him alive again. again. Like, there's so many, there's a lot, a lot of little things that work really well. Um, you know, he helps Flint Marco again. <laughs> Early on, Andrew Garfield mentions like, man, you know, um, uh, whoever the guy, uh, whoever the guy, because Electro is like, he used to be such a sweet guy. He was the sweetest guy. And it's like, ah. Uh, Melvin must really appreciate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely appreciate it. Um, and Cat Cat was like, man, his character's the drama of his character is so strong. Um, when like his motivation is like Gwen died, like I lost yeah. all my life, and then in this movie, he's the one who he, Zendaya he saves falls, her. He saves and her. It's it's, oh, un- it's-, <laughs> it's understated too. Like he doesn't go. Uh, on my world i couldn't say yeah. Yeah, yeah it's he not just, lame yeah he he's just, actually like he just tears up and it's so good and you know? he's like are you okay it's it is like yeah that she's like are you okay and he's just sort of nods and it's like yeah. oh my heart uh, yes good. there we yes. go <laughs> yeah when when i say that this movie is kind of a sequel to the other spiral movies yeah they like they tie up some they tie up some loose ends like they they give andrew garfield's character emotional closure you get to see Tony mcguire's like character like apparently according to him you know He's, he's working things out with MJ. They're married or whatever. And like, and he gets to have closure with Doc Ock. Like there's all these like little great little moments that like, you know, again, like if you're a fan, this stuff kills. Yeah. It killed in my feet. Th- both my theaters saw it in. Cause this it, is the homework. Yeah. It's like it's, all of it really but, like you, you get the benefits of the GPA. Like it is very, <laughs> very good. It's yeah. It's, it's the good of a long continuity and the good of crossing over and doing other characters like okay like you get to see and i haven't mentioned every there's a lot all these other little conversations little tidbits and winks and nods to the audience because we can't we can't just spend four hours naming them all uh but that's all it's all there and then <laughs> and then um moon defoe shows up in more of a traditional hobgoblin outfit but he has the traditional king goblin colors i like most of the costume decisions they made um early on they make a thing where uh, Tom Holland could control Doc Ock because of nanotechnology and they give him like a more MCU color scheme. And I was like, Ugh, I don't like that. But then when he turns good again, his arms go back to the original colors. I was like, Oh, thank God. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, Goblin shows up and Dr. Strange shows up again. And he's, and he's mystified to see that. Like, uh, man, we haven't even mentioned, so they all work together. And I, this is another thing I love because, um, I've mentioned before that Batman and Spider-Man have the best villains because they have normal people with a clear ability and a clear weakness and they all have clear motivation. And so in this case, they all work together and they share their knowledge between the spider Ben 
to come up with things to do. It's like, oh, I can, like, Andrew Griffith's like, I can clean, I can cure lizard easy. I already did it like, before. Well, yeah, it was easy. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, McGuire's like, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about what to do about like Norman Osborne. So they all work together. Uh, they're great stuff. And so Dr. Strange shows up and they've cured lizard. They've cured Sandman. And he's like amazed that Peter Parker is doing it. He's helping these people instead of killing them and condemning them to death. And the only, the only, uh, the only hanging thing is that he really hates Norman Osborn because he killed Aunt May. And so they're trying to tell him not to kill him. And so he fights Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn is just having the time of his life. And he pulls a, uh, into darkness Spock on him, just starts punching him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. 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 And, uh, when, Peter's like, I didn't kill you because I want to kill you myself. And Norman Osborn's like, that's my boy. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> so good. And he actually just totally, absolutely destroys Goblin. I was wondering more, a, little, a little more back and forth would have been nice. But he like, you know, he like hits him with a power bomb and everything. Um, he has to kill him with a glider. Tony McGuire gets in front of him, gets stabbed. And my theater was we not okay with out. that. Because like, I was oh, like, oh no, oh. He, he's, he only came back for one. <laughs> like only one movie. <laughs> What's uh, this his stipulation? You know, yeah. You know. He pulled a Han Solo. If I come back, I die. <laughs> yeah. No, he doesn't die. He just because I've been stabbed before. Everyone, everyone in my theater was like, oh, oh. You know? <laughs> the the amount of sweat I smelled was just a lot. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, someone's like eating like jujubes or whatever, and they just crush the candy in their hands. Like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Um, <laughs> but Goblin, because he's such a he's such a he's such a trickster. Yeah, first off, he cuts off one of one of um, Doc Ock's arms, which is weirdly brutal, and he throws a pumpkin bomb at the MacGuffin thing that they need to to. We didn't mention the whole movie. They have a box. If they if they push the button, it says everyone back. It's a MacGuffin thing, but he blows it up with a pumpkin bomb because he's just the worst. <laughs> and so, and so all everyone across the multiverse who knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man is going to come through. Right, and you see the silhouettes of uh, Rhino and Scorpion and Black Cat and Creator the Hunter. Um, and probably, all... um, uh, you know, in the first time we see the multiverse, it looks like you see the wa- the watcher, or at least a silhouetted figure of something. And I was mm. I was wondering if it was the watcher, which would be really cool. Well, in the there is one what if thing that might be a thing. We'll get into when you get the post credit stuff, but, right? Uh, so Doctor Trench can't hold them all back, and Peter Parker says, "Okay, just do the spell." And yeah, erase... make everybody erase Peter Parker from everyone's minds, and. Doctor in Benedict Cumberbatch is a little great moment here where he's like, everyone you love, we will all forget you. And right. He's like, oh, okay, that's a nice little moment. And he's like, okay, because he's gone. Th- Peter Parker's gone through the ringer. He's seen what happens. He tries to have both. And he's finally willing to make that heroic sacrifice. And again, it's a, it's a meaningful sacrifice. The world's not going to blow up. He's not going to, you know, whatever. His girlfriend's going to forget who he is. Everyone who's ever been his friend will forget he's Spider-Man. He's going to start over. And so he has a good scene with Zendaya where again, they just, they really, I think they nail it. They have real chemistry because they're actually dating. And, you know, he says, I love you. And he wants to say, I love you. And she's like, no, say it when you see me again. And they kiss and then he swings away. Spider-Man does. And then it's followed up by a pretty great scene. In my opinion, good I really 15 like this minute resolution. Yeah. yeah. There's a great coffee shop scene. Again, it's relatively understated as far as comic book movies go, where he goes to get coffee and he has all speech written out and he, he just decides not to share it with her. And then it, he just leaves and we don't know what's going to happen again. We don't know if he's going to see Zendaya again. We don't know if he's going to be friends with Ned ever again. And if I can, if I can ruin the scene for everybody, when I was watching it, I thought to myself, this guy's gotta be weird for Zendaya. <laughs> like, yes. Right? Like her character is like, who is this creep? Just looking at well, me like yeah. right now. <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I'm hearing the music swell, but I, in my head, I'm like, I think we're past this 
this age <laughs> where like yeah. we were romanticized being a creep, even though I know he's not, I know he's yeah. not, but it's just like, it's so well, funny. To they me. have that thing where there's a part of her that recognizes him, you right. know, whatever. But yeah, if, if that part of her is not recognizes him, she's like, this is a very odd customer. <laughs> like yeah. he's staring at me way too long. Why is he asking me about the bandage on my head? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But then it cuts to him. He's just in an apartment by himself and he has a GED book. He's starting over and he, gets he makes his new, own suit. He makes his own suit with a sewing machine and everything. Gosh, darn it. Like I always wanted. And it's the classic suit, blue and red baby. And he's listening and to it, the radio comms. Yeah. And it's, he's Spider-Man. He's in a dumpy apartment. He's and they by pull himself. a trope that I love the backstory trope where you find out the everything that has happened. You've to him watched a is his backstory. movie arc. That's a prequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> that's, um, that's it. That was Sony's plan all along. Now he's is, our Spider-Man. <laughs> it is everything I wanted. Like this is why I, I want Spider-Man to be on his own. I want him to feel heartbreak. I want him to be going to college and just trying to figure out what it means to be a guy swinging around neighborhood fighting bad guys and stopping bodega robbers and bank robbers and and the yeah, occasional superhero or supervillain. Yeah. And maybe he meets Daredevil or something, you know, and I don't want him going to space. I don't want him fighting armies of robots or whatever. I want him to fight Electro and oh, excuse me. I want to fight Shocker and Craven the Hunter and, you know, Big Wheel and Dog Welder and <laughs> whatever. Uh Swarm hate monger like whatever give me villains give me guys with guns and weird personalities let them fight hammerhead and tombstone Mm -hmm. you know um but yeah i really love this ending i know some people think it's a bummer uh but i thought it was great it was a good ending great i agree i 100 (laughs) if there was not going to be another contract it's a perfect way to get him out of the mcu nobody remembers him (laughs) at all they'll remember spider-man which is difficult but they won't remember peter parker and yeah, it, it works. It it works on many levels, both narratively, but then also logistically for the for everybody involved. But if you're saying that they're already writing up, yeah, so contracts. Um, uh, and Tom Holland was like, "This is my last one." I <laughs> but think. Like, I think. Mm. I think he's negotiating via the press for more money personally. But yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, like, inc- obviously, Melvin and I both clearly enjoyed it. I, as a big Spider-Man guy, this was great. I. Somebody who's seen all of the Spider-Man movies multiple times. Obviously, I got everything. It really worked for me on that level. I connected with everything. But because there's, again, like it's the whole thing of like, okay, as a standalone movie, it's a fun action movie. And there's a lot of talent on screen. Like these, you got multiple Academy Awarding actors just showing up to do superhero movie. And that stuff's great. But as somebody who really is into this stuff, it was so satisfying seeing all these little payoffs and resolutions and yeah, if you've never seen a Spider-Man movie before in your life, well, why are you seeing the third one in a trilogy to begin with, but let alone this one? But yeah, I really liked it a lot. And we can get into future Spider-Man post-credit scene. And there's one thing you want to discuss with me, which we'll discuss in a second. But um, yeah, overall, how'd you feel about it? Liked it. I liked it a lot. I um, I had a good time in the theater. I really, I it's I get cynical when people cheer if the movie's not particularly good. <laughs> yeah because it's a little bit like no don't buy it <laughs> stop it <laughs> um like uh, that um horribly strange experience when i saw jurassic world 2 and there was just like one group of people behind me that just loved it um and it was fun to be a little goofy with the guy next to me just being like no effing way <laughs> like all the time i should have taken a note every time it happened it was really funny um but uh yeah he was losing it when toby mcguire got stabbed um 
But um, and it wasn't even Spider Man. It was just actually Tobey Maguire. It's crazy. I will say I love also just I love seeing all the suits on screen, like the different spy suits. So the third act, nice the reason me. like I love the third act, I, I love the third act because of all of them. But then the fight scene I don't like because I could not tell which Spider Man was what because it's nighttime. Yeah, and all of their color <laughs> red looks like black at night. <laughs> so it's yeah. just all that. And I like their suits. So I wanted to. Um, specifically, yeah. actually, I like the old suits. I don't actually like any of the ones Tom Holland's had. <laughs> I haven't particularly no, enjoyed any I, of them. I only like the, I really only like the one he had. What, at the, the ending? When he shows it? <laughs> yeah. but, and it's like kind of implied that he might have taken inspiration from the other two guys' suits, which I think is a nice little touch. He's got the bright yeah. colors of Garfield yeah. and then a bit more of the, the, sheen, the color scheme. Yeah. The color scheme. The sheen. Yeah. yeah, like they were, yeah. Shininess. Because even Cat was like, I like how um Raimi spider-man suit is just looks like he went to a craft store <laughs> and just put stuff together <laughs> looks real nice but um uh yeah i i all all in all it was a very satisfying time at the theater it's funny when i woke up the next morning i actually thought did i see that movie because it was so late at night so i kind of <laughs> want to just go see it again uh, it, i have a busy yeah. schedule so i probably won't but and i thought you're gonna uh, say it was because it felt so much like fan fiction like it is like a fever dream well for it's, like it's this weird marriage of fan service committee and an actual movie like <laughs> and it all works just like putting three franchises of a movie together in then the marvel cinematic universe which now has just the family's grown man <laughs> it's like eight eight more <laughs> movies of this thing well it's um, funny because we're talking about and light spoilers for hawkeye but a particular villain from another franchise has been confirmed to be in hawkeye um well if you mean you another it? franchise that's oh, not, well, i mean another we already know the show well, yeah right um but we already kind of knew what was um it's, I'll just say, it's vincent d'onofrio is back as kingpin and hawkeye yes, i'll just say yeah it. which um, i mean i think once the, that, that's the why i said the cat i texted you too i said they're either going to confirm kingpin this episode or the next one or they can confirm daredevil this episode of the next one because the other character will be confirmed in spider-man um yeah. or whatever and um and they did exactly that um yeah um allegedly they did want charlie cox to come in and film something for hawkeye but he actually is also he's filming something else on top of appearing in spider-man so he can do it but he's heavily rumored to be in other things in the future which we'll get into when we get into the future section but um but yeah but there's people going like oh i don't know if the netflix shows really are canon which is like dude you just saw two other Spider-Man franchises just show up. We just don't know where yeah. they are now, right? Because like that's the question is where they take place. Like it would probably make sense if they were during the book. Well, so but um the Daredevil show takes place right after Avengers One. And right. so if you follow the timeline, the the Netflix shows only go up through about twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen timeline wise. So they all are pre blip. They all they're all yeah, they're all pre Infinity War. So um I think what they'll do, my personal feeling is that as far as Netflix stuff, if they do keep these stuff on, which rumors seem to suggest they are, um, anything they want to change, they'll like credit with like, oh, you know, we want to have Kingpin retaking New York. We'll just say that during the blip, he took over New York because all their crime laws are gone. Or, oh, we want to do a thing where Charlie Cox is trying to reestablish himself as a lawyer. He got blipped. So he has to start over as Nelson and Murdoch. Or they can, you know what I mean? Like they'll just like use that to hand wave away things they don't like or right. keep. Um, that's my assumption. But there's also no reason. I think they'll just won't really mention heavily things from Netflix. Because A, in universe, it's been like 10 years since those shows took place. So that's plenty of time to change status quo if you want. Also, um, like as I'm going to the show, they are uh, 
I actually did like it's not that it's bothering me, um, but the Netflix shows are way more mature and adult than uh, <laughs> rest. we were. We are. <laughs> um, watching uh, Kingpin crush a guy's skull with a door, um, just like the dude spilling. put his head through a spike. You know, yeah, or, yeah. Third episode. That's right. Um, or the the Russian brothers who make someone makes shivs out of someone's rib cage. Yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much. Um, that like you can see them going, oh, I'm not gonna. We don't need to require people to watch those because I'm sure Disney doesn't want that on their streaming well, service either. It's, but it's also a thing where like those Russian guys, spoilers for Daredevil, but they're not really a factor in the show very long, so they never get need to get mentioned. You know what I mean? Like they'll mention like, oh yeah, Kingpin he used to run New York. The Daredevil took him down. That's it. <laughs> That's right. all you're getting for backstory. Like they're right. not gonna like be like, yeah. There's a kind of bowling alley crush someone's head with a bowling ball, you know, or whatever. What's what I find is interesting though is like if this is because if, if the Marvel universe was uh, confirmed as a sanitized world that the only threat is aliens, but then they show all this stuff in Daredevil, I'm like, yo, Captain America, boy, what's up? <laughs> like, what you doing? Like, <laughs> you live here, <laughs> you could yeah. be doing so much more. <laughs> days off? Could you, you yeah. know, give a hand? Because you did you fight? Could it, you at least it, just fight Madame Gal or something? You know, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, she's wild. But yeah, I um, uh, good movie. It's good. Uh, <laughs> what else can we say about it? Uh, uh, it's very, 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 very well made. Um, it is a big homework movie though. But all, all I like all the Spider-Man movies, even though I think the first Amazing Spider-Man is kind of lame. It's at least one that, like, if I was eating dinner, I could put on and not really care about, but at least be like, yeah, I like uh, the Spider-Man. It's cool. Um, it is the equivalent of putting on The Office for the tenth time, that kind of thing. Um. And, uh, and also like, there's so many of them that like, you'll always get something you enjoy. And then this one is like, if you just like Spider-Man or just interesting things, like this is a fascinating movie to think about. I mean, it, it has both things I like about movies, the movie itself being good and having a lot to talk about in itself with its characters and, and plot development and, and then implications for future story. So three things, implications for future story. And then the third thing being, ah, man, I hope I would just want a documentary about how this was made, <laughs> like how, how they worked it. Maybe it's not as interesting as I think, but like just the, this saga of the Spider-Man figure and how it's been handled has to be like just a fascinating thing to know about. Um, it'll never happen, but I think as a vanity project for the Pascal pictures, that could be an interesting thing to learn, um, about how, all this happens. So yeah, the movie, it touches everything that I want. Um, it, it touches on everything that I want. So good movie. I don't know. Maybe I'll see it again, but that's two and a half hours and I'd have to find time, but we'll see. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. I think it's really good, but there's a couple, first off, you wanted to ask me about the difference of experience. Did I feel like the fact that I had a lot of things in this movie spoiled for me? Uh, yes, how it affected the last experience. couple uh, weeks I've been thinking about that. Like you said, you had the four, the first third of the movie. Yes. Spoiled. I, so what I had spoiled for me is there's a pretty reputable leaker online who spoiled everything in this movie. They spoiled a bunch of stuff for Hawkeye and Loki. And now they're, they're dealing with some dirt about some future stuff, which I won't, don't worry. I won't go into super detail. What about shows it. are they spoiling? I'm just uh, curious. Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Okay. Uh, Secret Wars. Oh, interesting. Uh, she Hulk. Huh. And some stuff about like Moon Knight, but there's some really juicy stuff in, in regards to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. The, yeah, this person spoiled stuff. They 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 were the one who told everyone Kingpin was going to be in Hawkeye. Um they spoiled. So I heard 
I knew that Andrew and Toby were going to be in the movie. I knew that it was going to be just the five villains. It wasn't going to be a full six, Sinister Six. Um, they mentioned that uh, Norman Osborn is kind of the main villain of the three. And um, they also mentioned that the post credit scene with Venom, it's just going to be Venom showing up and then leaving, but he leaves behind a bit of the symbiote, which I was fine yes, with. Yes, I saw um, I remember that now, yeah. And um, I stopped, I tried to stop, I, I stopped reading after that because I just got linked to a whole post that talked about it. Because then they started getting into stuff. Like specific saw, stuff. Yeah, they started getting into like characters that died and stuff. So I, I didn't want to know that. Um, but they also mentioned, yeah, at the end, if fight scenes on the Statue of Liberty, uh, the Spider-Man don't show up until the last third of the movie. So it's not a whole big team up movie, but the villains got a lot of time to shine, that sort of thing. Uh, so I, it did kind of lessen my experience. So the one thing I wanted to know was, does Matt Murdock, because I heard a rumor that Charlie Cox is back as Daredevil. And I wanted to confirm that. And they did. And they said that he has one scene, it's a cameo. He's not in the whole movie. Um, but he is the lawyer that helps them. And I was like, okay, that's all I want to know. <laughs> he exists just to confirm that the Netflix canon exists. Yes. Yeah. Praise God. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I w- it, man, it would have been nice to not know the other Spider-Man in the movie because that would have been such a nice, pleasant surprise. And it would have been nice to know, uh, to not fully know who the villains were because I got the entire villain lineup spoiled for me. Um, and then the trailer like, just shows them all. Like yeah, the the trailer trailer all, which is partially because of all leaks. Yeah, because, that would make sense. They were just like, um, whatever. You won't give away the whole bag, but we'll, we'll let you peek inside a little bit and see what's going on. And I did also got some other character and story beats. Like I knew the stuff about this, like his school and trying to get into college, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it did. It did negatively. It did negatively affect my experience um, in a, in some ways because there was not a lot of surprises. Like. The only surprise for me was how much the villains were in the movie and the whole middle of the movie was the thing that surprised me where it's just them hanging out together. That's partially, maybe partially why I loved it so much is I didn't see that coming. I knew the Spider-Man was going to show up. I knew they're going to have a conversation. Someone, someone said they have conversations about what it means to be a hero. Um, and I knew they were going to help, help him at the end of the movie at the Statue of Liberty. So like the lack of those surprises definitely hurt my experience a little bit. So, um, and now I've had some stuff about Doctor Strange spoiled too, because it was just part of the same big post. So I was like, gosh darn it. <laughs> like, I didn't get much. Um, what I will say, and this isn't a spoiler, this has been reported by either Variety or the Hollywood Reporter. Um, Doctor, in response to the positive respe- reception to Loki and this movie, Marvel made the decision to add more cameos and crossovers in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. So, like, with other. You mean like maybe with other properties or like with other? Yeah, here's the. These are not confirmed leaks. These are just rumors. So don't click out, click away, or close the app or whatever. Um, the idea is that they're going to start dipping more into the the IP they oh. have, so Fox characters. And yeah, that would make sense. Like there could even be animated characters. Um, maybe you know, um, and maybe they're animated because why not? And another dimension could be. 2D or something. If Who Framed Roger Rabbit could pull it off, like however many years ago, clear, surely Disney yeah. and Marvel with Kat, their money. Cat was actually talking about that too. Um, could be uh, something like that. Which why not? Um, but yeah, so, so they're the, making it weirder. Basically, they're like, oh, people like weird, and they yeah. don't like Falcon, and they're not watching Hawkeye. So I guess we well, gotta get weird. <laughs> so the talk is that She Hulk is going to be a show that's going to introduce more of the Netflix characters because She Hulk is a lawyer. So. Wouldn't it make sense if Charlie Cox is just a recurring character? Yes. The Murdoch, yeah. you know, right? Um, but yeah, so the stuff with Doctor Strange is that the rumors are that they're gonna they might introduce like um 
Fantastic Four and X-Men type characters, potentially. Now this is confirmed. I'm very curious which Fantastic Four. That's going to be interesting. (laughs) Oh, I get what you're saying. Both Um, of them. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't it be great if they just put Josh Trank's Fantastic Four in the movie? Or just Steve Rogers again. (laughs) Just on fire. Steve! Steve, are you okay? (laughs) What? Who's Steve? (laughs) Flame on, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the second uh, teaser, the second post credit scene is just a teaser trailer for Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness. Which I was bummed about. I wish it was just yeah. a scene. Because like my well, my thing oh, is well. that they're likely just gonna release it on YouTube later anyway. So that's not if it if it was an exclusive teaser that they were never gonna release online, okay, that's kinda cool, but this is likely gonna hit the internet soon. So I mean yeah. I do feel a little cheated in that regard. And but. I can't wait for more Wanda because she's one of probably the one of the best characters in the canon right now. So the, yeah. So in the teaser trailer, um, they show he goes sees Wanda. Baron Mordo is back from Doctor Strange one. Remember him? And we see potentially the evil Doctor Strange, the corrupted Doctor Strange from What If, which gets me hype. I'm probably going to watch that episode, and yeah. I want to rewatch. I said to Kat, I was like, "What is it? Wasn't he like a helper at the end of the? Fr- I know he becomes part yeah, of he- the Guardians of the Multiverse, but then yeah. there's like at the end, doesn't um the Watcher like? employ him to do something at the yeah. end of what if i can't remember that'd be kind of interesting yeah if like the watcher sent me or whatever and he's just like yeah you messed up steven you know whatever and he's like they had to work together or something uh as far as the future of spider-man goes it's been talked about that due to the really positive response to this movie uh they might want to get andrew garfield and Tom mcguire back to do something else um, it definitely felt like so I agree that Andrew Garfield definitely was selling it. Like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And Tobey Maguire felt more like, ah, I'll, I'll do some work. Um, ah, I and sure his, do like Spider-Man. You his know. character has always been understated just as a character. Um, but then in this one, he felt, he looked the most, um, ah, he just woke me up from a nap. <laughs> like, kind of <laughs> I, I I thought it was a nice uh, dynamic with everyone else, though. The fact it was. that he was just, like, sleepy and just old and just, like... I guess I just, uh, I wish there was a little more energy behind it because I was, I, he definitely is acting in the Raimi ones. And these ones yeah. it felt more like I am just going to be here, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but it does seem like at least Garfield was maybe like, um, hey, I'll do a good job. And then maybe they'll have me come back again as this yeah. character, um, which would be great because I think everyone, especially after this one, is sold on his character of Spider Man. And I also think by watching this one, they remembered how much the parts that they actually really liked about Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah, because divorced from the really bad sinister movies setups that he's yeah. that he's in, like he himself was fine. And we mentioned this that we I mentioned that I loved him and Gwen Stacy's stuff. Yeah, and movies. his Spider-Man has a nice, uh, a good energy to him that sets him apart. And so. Um, yeah. Him. And now he's older too. So like you can pretend that he's been become more mature in recent years and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And so that would fit in well with some more stuff. Uh, and then heading into discussing something like the Morbius trailer, which itself looks terrible, but has <laughs> tons of Easter eggs of just like, what is going it's, on? I understand it less now after seeing this movie. Like I was like, well, maybe this movie will end with them like merging the Sony universe and the MCU. Right. But it's got like, all of the universes in the trailer. Um, there was a thing playing. So, so when I went to see Spider-Man, yes, I, I know went, exactly what you're talking about. When yes. I went to see Spider-Man, I actually, the second we parked, I put my headphones in and started playing a music, playing music. I was not going to listen to the sounds of the theater because I knew I would hear spoilers. And so I just had a playlist on grooving to some, uh, I don't even know, uh, title of the creator or something. Maybe I don't know. And then I'm sitting in, I finally sit down, I have my popcorn I'm sitting in the theater and on the screen is like 
oh yeah the morbius trailer after the multiverse and i'm like no no stop 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 <laughs> but then i'm seeing oh okay whatever it's nothing and they just say uh daily bugle newspaper from the raimi movies uh raimi spider-man suit on the wall says murderer which since we know in at least the marvel universe they call this peter parker a murderer does that <laughs> somehow affect the other one but then oscorp building is there from the amazing spider-man ones so there's sort of like a lot plus vulture plus i think i heard um defoe is in the film too so what is going on <laughs> and um you they're in the thing before the film they're just saying multiverse stuff multi-. but this is weirder than that like yeah it's um because because Tom Holland was called the murderer, not Raimi Spider-Man. So is it just now everybody's brains doesn't know what's going on? Like, this is the worst glitch in the Matrix that's ever existed kind of thing, because this is a lot. Um, and are we going to find out somehow connected to the Matrix? I <laughs> Why not? Because it doesn't make any sense. And also, it looks terrible. Like, there's that one part in the trailer where he's like, I have new powers. And then it shows him, like, flying in a subway. And it looks so bad. <laughs> uh, I laughed re- the most recent time I saw that. I like, it's uh, so funny. Oh, like. man. <laughs> it looks so bad. Um, but I have to see it now because I like Spider-Man. <laughs> so just like i'm simping man i this hate is, this this is what amy pascal wants just like <laughs> all like, the goodwill from this I movie we'll just it. be like oh, i guess i'll see that jared leto vampire movie uh marvel schedule released in the united states january 20th 2022 having been delayed from this until july 2020 date <laughs> oh man the movie still doesn't look good oh man they had all that time to fix it I mean, yeah, I've said this before, but all of these Sony sp- just like no Spider-Man Spider-Man movies all look like they were made in 2006 and just sat on a shelf and are just now seeing a live day. But yeah, so like um, I would like Andrew Garfield to come back in. What I says, I want Andrew Garfield to just be introduced as the Sony Spider-Man again. Why not? Yeah. And he could be the mentor to young Miles Morales in their universe. So then they can pass the torch to Miles Morales and then you could have two Spider-Man but are very different characters um, where you have one Spider-Man that literally idolized and looked up to Spider-Man. and was trained by Spider-Man. And you have Tom Holland, Spider-Man who lives in a world with the Avengers and everything. And, you know, and can probably still show up again. Like I would watch another. They've opened the door, especially after this, knowing that these movies are his backstory, which makes me feel a lot better um, because man, I don't like those other ones. Um, I, want to see the drama unfold for these next ones i think that could be really cool with tom holland um or yeah. they just never do anything else why not i don't know um, this movie made too much money not to go to the yeah. tom holland well again you know yes yeah or um, any of them i could see Tobey mcguire being called back to be like we're forcing you back <laughs> <laughs> we put a chip in your brain it'll explode if you Here, don't <laughs> i would love if they did a thing where like in a future they had brief montages of the spider back in their world so you had a brief scene of Tobey mcguire finally webbing up um, um, John Malkovich Vulture, and then you see Andrew Garfield fighting like um, I don't know one of one of the many. Oh, he's talking to Black Cat, like the Felicia. Uh, That's right. Yes, Black Cat from uh, from Spider Man Spider Two. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe like, he doesn't grief- have an MJ in his world because they sort of implied like, oh, well, the implication was like, oh, we all get the. Um, uh with great power comes great responsibility and then we all have relationships with an mj and so there's sort of a sweet moment where garfield looks like oh maybe i'll meet an mj which is cute. yeah that'd um, be cool but maybe in his there, universe there, there isn't an the, mj there and was so an now a- it's that but there were cut scenes from the experiment right. where they introduced mary jane right. so they could just bring that actress back you know 
these would be nice fun things to do with the continuity or something but but i like where they leave spider-man i like that's low-key i like that he's just on his own and i want to see him team up with daredevil to fight king it's a it's a good melon it's a satisfying melancholy yeah um and and hopeful there's a lot of hope for it so yeah, that's pretty the, cool. The Tom Holland Peter Parker has finally felt the weight of his decision. He finally sees the responsibility that comes with the power he's been given. He finally has made the decision to give up the idyllic high school life that we've seen him have to become the adult Peter Parker Spider-Man. And that's what I've wanted. He's making his own suit. He has no money. He's broken. He's heartbroken. And that's when Peter Parker's at his best. And I'm going to love seeing him work through that and grow up a little bit more too. So I'm optimistic. When does the um, uh, animated prequel series for Tom Holland's Spider-Man come out? I don't know. It's been announced. I think it might be 2023. Um, Yeah, that'd be fun, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know. I I like the idea of an animated Spider-Man show again. They had some good Spider-Man cartoons out there, but they all get canceled after like two seasons or they get weird. Ultimate has four um but yeah it's but imme- then like but it's immediately seasons one and two are at high school and then season three and four are each have like weird stuff happen and right? it's immediately about shield and like young avengers and stuff like that so it's yeah. it's not Phil really Coulson's just his principal first two seasons yep what yeah. the heck <laughs> and it's clark Gregg, so it might as well uh, be canon i love clark Gregg. i love phil colson i give me wrong but <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right well uh good movie uh, what do you recommend uh, for today? Uh, for for a commentary, um, I ugh, just grab this. It's on my desk right here, just covered in papers and stuff. But so, uh, not last episode, the episode you can hear after this, I recommended a parallel commentary in the Book of Revelation. Uh, for this one, I'm going to recommend kind of an opposite thing, which is a simpler, smaller. I'm going to recommend Leon Morris's Tyndale New Testament commentary from the IVP series on uh, Revelation. It's a good, quick, easy, packs a punch commentary that gives you good information. Uh, I'm enjoying the fact that uh, when I'm going through the churches in Revelation, he gives a little good synopsis of each church and each town and city and the culture and religious makeup of each town. It gives a good uh, background for the various condemnations, criticisms, and praises that John gives each church. Uh, and so I'm really enjoying that commentary. It's really helped me out as I play Sunday school. So recommend that one. Uh, <laughs> this will be the second episode. Well, first one you'll hear, and then the second one too. But um, afterward, but I've been watching a show on Peacock. The only show Peacock has to offer that is not The Office or Parks and Rec, which is lame to think that they only have that. But uh, I've been watching Young Rock, <laughs> which has been pretty fun. The premise is Dwayne The Rock Johnson runs for president. Uh, in the year 2032, and he's being interviewed or just r- randomly with unsolicited remarks, just talking about his life. And then it cuts back to when he was a kid, a teen, or in college playing football and uh, gives stories about his life, but hyperbolized uh, through the means of good old comedy sitcom stuff. And um, it's pretty funny. It's not super funny, um, but it's it's got a real heart to it. You could almost say soul to it uh, with the premise. It's got a lot to do with um, some fun wrestling history. Uh, if you are an Andre the Giant guy, you get to have some fun stories with that too. Uh, everybody looks great. Um, and it's a, yeah, it's a fun show. I am like five episodes in. I think it only has one season and I'm, I don't know how TV works anymore if you're syndicated. <laughs> so it's probably never getting a season two. 
Um, and Peacock also is just not making money at all. Um, if you want to watch Spider-Man one, you can watch it there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's worthwhile. I think it's pretty fun. I don't know if I'd say get a subscription for it, but if you're one of, I'm sure we, I don't think we even have a big enough listenership to even say one of the people listening to our show has Peacock, but if someone (laughs) does, um, definitely check it out. And I don't know, maybe the seven bucks to get it without ads, um, could be worthwhile. It's a pretty fun show. Um, and yeah, everybody's great in it. So it's, 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 it's nice seeing the dynamic too of jumping between the three periods of his life and how the characters are changed or different. And every episode, it's not chronological, it just does different stuff at different times. And so it's, it's neat seeing stuff like his dad being in his prime when he's wrestling, then he's in high school and his dad is, uh, kind of lame and uh, full of himself. Those are my two big words. Uh, these two episodes, silly and lame. But um, he he's kind of uh, deadbeat and living in the past. And then when he's in college, his dad is much more mature and and um, stable. And kind of jumping through that and watching as the, all three of the characters, his mom as well, are kind of changing and and different at different times is is a really interesting way to do a story and the characters and everything like that. So definitely definitely check it out if you have peacock and i don't know maybe get peacock just for this show and you could probably binge it one showing and that's i would say seven dollars well spent so yeah young rock it's pretty cool what's your fun one dan i'm going to also recommend a television show as i'm streaming uh you likely have already seen it did i already recommend only murders in the building nope uh, i'm gonna recommend only murders in the building it's on hulu you might have seen ads for it and been like hey that's the show with steve martin and Martin Short in it, and Selena Gomez. And you're correct, that those actors are all in the show. Uh, however, it is a fun murder mystery, and also a show kind of poking fun at the nature of true crime podcasts, which, as someone with a podcast, I certainly appreciated some of the jokes about recording things and sound quality and that sort of thing. But it's also a legitimately compelling uh, murder mystery, lots of twists and turns, uh, there's some fun creative flourishes throughout the show in terms of how they illustrate people's moods and that sort of thing. And all the characters are really interesting and thought out. Uh, and a bunch of just a parade of recognizable actors show up throughout the show. I won't spoil any of them because I was pleasantly surprised as it was just a show I started watching with no premise, uh, without, sorry, without any knowing knowledge of the premise or anything about it. Uh, it's a relatively quick sh- watch as far as streaming shows go. I think it's got 12 episode season up on Hulu. Um, or something like that. It's a, it's funny. It's interesting. It it uh, scratches that itch for a good mystery because I like mysteries. So, um, only murders in the building. Uh, great cast, great mystery, uh, good little show. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematicdoctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck. We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, 
and choose the independent theater tier. Doing so will net you other perks, too. But let's be real. The podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.